Get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John. Joining me on this, well, it's not really hot, but it is very tropical and muggy. Uh, at the moment, but joining me on this very tropical muggy day are my good mates at 60s and Quint. Fellas, I'm sitting here sweating in the uh, damp conditions. How are you guys holding up? Mate, I'm doing t- not too bad. At the start of the week, I was collecting animals two by two. The, <laughs> the, the torrential rain that was coming down in northwestern Sydney was absolutely unbelievable. But apart from that, I've been binge-watching a great Australian series on Netflix, Boy Swallows Universe. And if you haven't had a chance to catch it, it's just absolutely brilliant. You've got legend uh, actors, Australian actors like Brian Brown and Anthony LaPaglia and Simon Baker. And then uh, the rest of the cast is just brilliant. And... And can I say the the young blokes that are in the lead roles in that are just sensational. But it's a great storyline. It's a gripping storyline. It's not for kids. It's not for. It's not like what you call family viewing. Uh, and uh, interestingly, the family in this particular story are Parramatta supporters. And uh, yeah, Poor it's bastards. look. It's it's a it's a great. I take it this Great TV show is a tragedy I, I, then. Yes, yeah. Dramatic dramatic tragedy. Shakespearean, perhaps. Yeah, well, it's actually set in 1985. So uh, in, the, in one of the episodes, they're watching a semi-final against the Bulldogs and um, wearing their real scarves. So oh, nice. um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, set in Brisbane, so they're actually up there in Brisbane. But uh, Eels supporters up there, and as I said, look, it's a it's a tremendous uh, series. If you if you're looking not just for something to binge watch, but just a, a really good Aussie drama, just the, and the script, mate, it's just so authentically Australian. And it's um, it's based on a novel um, that uh, of the same name that was uh, written, <coughs> uh, sorry, uh, written by Trent Dalton. And uh, let, let's just say that I've gone about this uh, back the front. I'm now going to go out and read the book after watching the uh, Netflix series. So there's a recommendation for people. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, great drama. Clint, what have you been up to, mate? Well, um, you've been in the midst of a TV series. I feel like I've been reliving a particular movie on replay for the last little bit, and that'd be the the Hugh Grant-led Four Weddings and a Funeral because it still remains uh, wedding season amongst amongst my intimate friendship group that I've grown up with, and uh, we had a Bucks on the weekend, and um, anyone who um, has been out to Moore Park might be aware of the go-karting track that exists... um, 
in the car park at the top of the um, entertainment center in that precinct there. Um, uh, I, I tell you what, boys, uh, at, at six foot three and um, uh, uh, over 90 kilos, I think I'm about 92, 93 at the moment, um, getting into a go-kart isn't my <laughs> cup of tea. On top of that, uh, being rear-ended by, um, by um, I, I think it might have been some other guys on a bus who uh, were very much treating uh, go-karting as dodge and wasn't that great either. So I've got a nice big juicy... Um, uh, bruise all right across my vertebrae at the moment. So I, I, I was uh, absolutely nursing that and licking my wounds on the Sunday following. But other than that, fantastic. It's funny you say that. There's I nothing talk- like Bucks weekends and and activities around weddings just to um, add the bumps and bruises. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> if not so I, I, <laughs> I, I I'll be honest with you, gents. I can't wait to see the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, and our personal anecdotes out of the way. I hope you all enjoyed them. But uh, as always, <laughs> quick shout out to the sponsors of the show Big Swing Golf, North Mead, and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Narellon, and Parramatta. Another year, and they're still doing great things for us. 60s, I'll throw it over to you in just one sec. News team, assemble! Well, fellas, just to kick things off, I hope all the people out there with families that uh, have you know, young uh, boys or girls playing rugby league have been paying attention to this great junior Aussie boot swap that's happening through Parramatta Leagues Club and uh, the associated clubs at uh, Vikings and also up at Dural Country Club. On the 25th of January, they've got the, the culmination of this of this particular um, great Aussie boot swap. Parramatta Leagues Club out there in the activation area out in the car park there from 3 to 6 p.m. Bring in your old boots that you've grown out of, kids. Swap it for a larger size. So it means not only is it more affordable, but it, it's cutting down on waste as well. There's prizes that are available. There's a, I think there's a grand prize as well that you can enter into that they're called in, calling the Golden Boot Prize that gets a signed jersey and a family passed around one. But there's lots of other activities, uh, meeting current and past players, the legends down there. You can win the boots of current players. they got lots of games. Alive 90.5 FM are going to be out down there with an outside broadcast. There's a sausage sizzle. There's all sorts of activities on there. So that's the day before Australia Day. That's Thursday the 25th between 3 and 6 p.m. If you can't get there on that day, then there are collection uh, bins for your old boots outside Vikings, outside uh, Dural Country Club, Parramatta Leagues Club, and also you can drop it in at Eels HQ up at Kellyville. So, fellas, that, that's a really good initiative, isn't it? The, the boots oh, yeah. are making things more affordable for families. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Oh, you go ahead, 40. I was going to say, you know, getting that door as much ajar as possible to any young kid, boy or girl, that wants to get in and play rugby league is massive. So, you know, footy boots are something, often when you have a, a young boy or girl in the midst of those growth spurts, you know, one season, it's one and done of those boots because by the time next year rolls around, they need a new set. 
So they've got minimal tread on them. They're still as, not new, but as good as new. And giving them a, a home to someone else that can get their feet wet quite literally in the game here and, and mm-hmm. you know, get right into it. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's the thing is how quickly you grow out of boots, out of shoes when, you, when you're growing up. It's it's closing the gap, you know. You it's um and it's giving something um back to the community, you know. Um, you're creating these opportunities and um allowing people maybe who um you know particularly as we talk through a period of time in history right now where the cost of living is significantly impacting um everybody, but in particular young families. It's it's just allowing them that opportunity and and and, and to um you know because one of the first things that goes is. Um, people's discretionary spend and, and leisure activities yep. and you know um, it, it, it's preventing that from or at least attempting to prevent that from being a hurdle for, for people and you know saying that there is an alternative option here you don't have to go down and, and buy brand new boots and you know um, and, and, and particularly as you guys just cited with um, you know, boots maybe only lasting a season um, you know I, I know I know as a youngster um, my feet grew every single year I'm not sure if it's the same feet for you guys but you know new boots um, were an absolute requirement to keep playing and participating in sport and just participating in footy so you know um, it's it's wonderful that this initiative has been um, you know, I guess formalized because you know th- th- there's always been informal ones that that would take place at a local level maybe with the club and you know it would depend on, on on the local club secretary but you know um, the, the eels as the, um, I guess, as the leader within the district and, and the, the, the parent to all of these junior clubs, um, uh, formalising this in, initiative, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, big tick for the eels and, and especially Parramatta Leagues Club for getting this whole thing organised. Um, now, the next bit of news coming out of eels territory is uh, last week, the end of last week, we had it announced that Ned's Milk had come on board as the training shirt sponsor. And that all traces back to the owner of Ned's Milk, Ned Brockman, being a huge Eels supporter himself. But he's an absolute champion of a bloke. But, I mean, what do you fellas know about Ned Brockman? I've just been reading a bit about him and his marathon running and raising money for the homeless. Either of you two fellas know uh, anything more about Ned? No, I wasn't familiar. I've got to be honest. Yeah, as as of a week ago, and oh, up until as recent as a week ago, I knew absolutely nothing. And you just said every little thing that I did know. Well, what I'm going to suggest to people because um, I knew that this bloke was a uh, a marathon runner. He ran across Australia, run raising money for the homeless, and uh, started this uh, milk company. And uh, especially with the chalky milk, but I think he's got the, some other flavours there. And he's uh, quite active on social media, puts up posts of getting uh, deliveries of the milk out to tradies on site and, uh, uh, you know, just having a lot of fun as he's um, getting the chocolate milk out there. But it's all for a good cause. It's all about raising money for the homeless. And it's available in – Ned's milk's available in supermarkets. So – Get behind one of the Eels' sponsors, who's not just a sponsor of the Eels, but they're a real community-minded sponsor in Ned's Milk. So get out there. Give it a try. Uh, we saw the, the players and BA sampling the milk. They've given it a huge thumbs up. So get out there. Try it yourself. 
And uh, if you if you buy your chalky milk, if you like your chalky milk, get it out there. I know it's available at Woolworths for a start. So, um, yeah, help them raise a bit of money for the homeless as well as uh, supporting uh, another eel supporter who's uh, in that process of making it all possible. Fellas, junior rep trials. Now, they're continuing this week out at Windsor, um, taking on the Panthers, I believe it is. And um, But last Saturday, the matches were on at Cabramatta. Eels versus the Bulldogs. Uh, really sapping conditions out there. Uh, fellas, I wasn't, I was a bit crook, so I wasn't able to get out there. But we had friend of the throw, para through and through, who got out there and he was sending through score updates for us to put on TCT. And um, just running through the scores, seven all in the Lisa Fia Ola, uh, two all in the Tasha Gale. Uh, in the Harold Mats, the Dogs prevailed 9-5. to five, And in the SG Ball, the Dogs prevailed 5-2. to two. Now, we all know what happens in trials and players being run on and off. And um, the squads now all get trimmed down to the, to the, the number that they'll use for the season. Um, anything you'd like to add, Clint, about um, anything you've heard about the, the trial results or or um, your thoughts on trials football because you've been you've been down this path before being in the uh, pathway system oh, a, a lifetime ago let's say mate but you've been <laughs> in the pathway system yourself uh, what can you well, add for us I I, I I know for dad out there he was absolutely surprised um, by the size of some of the bulldogs forwards that were brought on both in the mats and the ball Um so much so that you, know, you, you and it, it probably just goes to show the evolution of the athlete that ex, um, that, that that's coming through these days. Um, you know, the old what do they feed them? Because um, he, he goes physically, they look ready NRL ready. Some of the some of the dogs players that were out there. So um, in terms and, of their, their physicality, you mean? Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, there was um, yeah, that that was something um, that I. Uh, uh, dad noted and and stuck with me with what he shared because um, yeah, much much um, much like yourself, Craig. Um, you know, I, I I wasn't out there for, for different reasons. Of, you know, we obviously spoke about that at the start of the show, but um, yeah, very trying conditions. And um, it was it was those big boys um, in the dogs that sort of helped them prevail. I think in both those grades, both mats and ball. Um, uh, late in those matches, they were somewhat yeah. relatively well balanced games before that had happened. Yes, yes. I, I when the feedback that I was getting was uh, as the teams were starting to run uh, other players on, that uh, the dogs seemed to get somewhat larger in size that, <laughs> uh, that were being added, put onto the field, and that they really had uh, quite the dominance then. Once the once the size factor kicked in, so um, uh, but it was looking as well then at the girls' games. They were um, fairly evenly matched there. Obviously, we had a couple of draws there mm. in the matches. So now, off the top of my head, and I, I'd have to double check this, but I think the girls are playing Friday night at Windsor, and the the boys are playing Saturday. That was, but that's don't take that as gospel, people, because. Um, I haven't had any confirmation about about times or anything like that for the junior reps this weekend. 
but that was how it was organised last year. And the early mail I had was that it was going to be organised similarly this year, but it, it may end up being uh, a little bit different. So, yeah, just stand by and, and look for any information that's out that's put out by the Eels. And uh, especially during this time of the year, follow the Parramatta Junior Rugby League Instagram site. You get a lot of updates about the junior reps on the Parramatta Junior Rugby League Instagram site. So make sure you follow that. Um, John, anything you'd like to add about the what you have to be aware of with junior representative trial matches before their, their season even starts? I mean, you mentioned the volatility of their 60s. Um, they're running out essentially two, three, even four different major combinations of teams um, and you know, guys coming in and out regularly and you tend to weight results based on the quarter or a half rather than the entirety of the game because who's playing the second half can be a massive difference in like a you know second string versus fourth string or something like that. So obviously you don't want to be you know getting pants, but if you get a loss on the record, it's nothing to be too worried about because what the coaches are looking for and what the players are getting out of it can transition significantly into a different result come round one. Yeah, and also when you've got matches that are being played in quarters with, with players being trotted on and off, you're not going to see too much of fatigue factors kicking in. Um, you, you're not going to see whether, uh, well, as much as what you'd see mm-hmm. during the season proper about playing under pressure or playing under fatigue. So all of those sorts of things you see less of in a trial where they're basically trying to give as many players a bit of a run as possible. And as I said, there'll be uh, the cuts would have been made after last weekend. So I'm expecting that uh, trial matches this weekend will feature the, uh, obviously the trim down squads and you get a little bit more of an idea about what's going on. Okay. Pushing on fellas. Uh, Not quite as much to report from training this week because I mentioned earlier that, I was collecting animals two by two on Monday <laughs> and those Kellyville fields, they were just flooded out and it really wasn't possible for the eels to get out there and train in the deluge that was happening on Monday morning here in the Hills district. I think it was reported in the news how many millimeters fell during the morning. Uh, all I can say to you is it was coming down like sheets of water and uh, yeah, there was no way it was going to, we were going to get any training done on Monday. And in fact, the Eels Media posted photos of the session that was held inside the gym instead. Now, it's quite a sizable gym, so they obviously cleared a bit of space and they were doing um, a little bit more than just a weight session in there. There's a, a bit of contact work that was done, a bit of ball work that was done. So it was, uh, although it's not ideal, uh, it was better than being out there and... I guess under those conditions, not only are you going to damage the field, but you can probably be a risk factor anyway of having some injuries, I would think. Um, and, and really, that sort of um, gets us up to date. There is, I was at today's session, and I'll tell you what, I'll just leave that for my write-up. So mm-hmm. if people want to know what happened at today's session, you can read the training report that I'll put up later uh, on Wednesday night. John? 
It's your time, mate. Yeah. Time to shine. This week we're going with a YouTube creator called Yuri Wong who samples movies and TV shows and creates fun little uh, songs and whatnot out of it. So let's see what he's got up his sleeve this week. John, I, I, I have I have this image of say one of our listeners that's got the podcast running and they've just been distracted for a moment. They've gone maybe to go and grab a drink <laughs> or something like that and they've come back and that's playing. You've create surely you, you're gonna create some extreme confusion with that one. I I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> This, is, is, is that not Tropic Thunder? That is indeed Tropic Thunder, yes. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr.'s character Robert being Downey sampled. Yeah. yeah. When he's having his uh, existential crisis towards the back end of the movie. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I thought I'd... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he, wow. Yuri does a, a great job finding fun little bits to sample from various movies and TV shows and then using some rather nifty uh, tools, which I don't know how they managed to make it work, but they uh, create these funky little... Uh, tracks and bass lines and bring it all together to create a little song. So it's a very interesting. Well, can I just, can I just say, mate, there is a magic segue that's there because I went from talking about a tropical rainstorm <laughs> to and tropic then thunder. you come in with tropic thunder music. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. You look, you, you, you never fail to keep me. <laughs> you never fail to keep me guessing with these, but Clint, I'm amazed you're really zoned in. You're tuned into forties well, uh, physical tastes here. If if you could physically see me, I I I went into the position of the thinking man. My and then my and then my eyes and my head tilted up. I'm just like I know that voice, <laughs> and it's it's only because I've um I've, I've uh, watched Tropic Thunder somewhat recently that it it it, it spurned on me. So, um, let's 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 call that recency bias. So okay. What was it? Well the, done, uh, mate. The, the, greatest, the greatest true fake documentary of a fake movie <laughs> ever made or something like that. It's, uh, it wasn't Tom Cruise's cameo in that movie fantastic? Yes, it was uh, an all-timer right there. <laughs> I'm looking forward to what you come up with next week, mate. That's, that's uh, that. as I said, that stumped me. But, uh, Clint, congratulations. Um, yeah, looking forward to next week. Okay, boys, NRL news now. Let's kick it off with the Parramatta connection. Wonga Blake, he's found a new home, 40. Yeah, not rugby union like everyone's sort of thought based on what the uh, you know the news insiders were telling us, but instead he's off to the Super League where he'll join St. Helens for a single-year contract and he'll be playing in the centres for the red and white. How do you think you'll go, Clint? Uh, look, it, it, it's the opportunity there is for, for him to really, really exceed over there. Um, the 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 uh, thing that's going to be uh, obviously come into question is, you know, and and there's no other way of saying this, but you know, he he finishes tenure at the Eels with a serious case of the yips, um, you know, and it, it's about whether he's overcome that. It, it for him, it 
it, uh, yeah, the, 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 the physical side of the game is all there for him. It's just about what's happened between the years and whether he's been able to, you know, maybe a change of scenery and, and, and getting away from the NRL. He has the opportunity to reestablish himself. And, and if he does so, he has the makings of being a, a, a real success over there. You know, I, I, and, and if he does, I think the St. Helens fans will take to him quite warmly. Um, and and you know they'll be willing to accept some of the um, some of the, the the bad that might come along with that good with Wonga, um, but you know there's there's that caveat caveat on that question whether he's over, overcome that um, for his sake I hope so because you know he was obviously a very well liked player here you know um, obviously didn't quite hit the heights that all of us may have hoped that he'd hit in Parramatta colours but. You know, on his day, he's as devastating a ball runner as there is, you know, and, and, and um, electrifyingly fast, a real uh, a, a real athlete in, in the true sense of the word. So I really hope that he succeeds over there. Um, he's 29, so he still has a couple of years of uh, professional rugby league ahead of him if he's good enough to take the opportunity over there. But, um, you know, uh, I wish him the best of luck and, and, and really hope he makes a fist of it. Well, even though... His harshest critic will be pointing towards his end of tenure at the Eels, and and by end of tenure, we're probably talking about you know a little just a little bit more than the last twelve months. But yeah. it, you know when you look at what his best was and what an athlete he is, you realise that a lot of what's happened has been up in the headspace. And if he can get that headspace, uh, that self-confidence, that self-belief happening, then, yeah, he should have a good time over there in the Super League. 40, it's official. Melbourne, the Tigers, <laughs> they've got it done. Uh, it's like a, a bad uh, plot on Neighbours or Home and Away. It's been dragged out for almost like seasons yeah. here, uh, but it's yeah. finally been resolved. And, yeah, uh, Justin Olam and Sean Bloor have officially swapped clubs. Olam is now a West Tiger and Bloor a Melbourne Storm or Stormonian, I don't know what you call them. And yeah, the, finally, <laughs> it's been milked and dragged and rehashed and like I said, like a bad soap opera plotline here. And thankfully, it's now done. Tell the we, can, we can move on because frankly, it's in terms of NRL transactions, it's a drop in the water. It's nothing major, but it's just being pulled yes. on for so long. And, and look, Bloor, I think Bloor is, you know, He's a bit of a, as they call him in the NFL, a jag, just a guy um, who, you know, can get through his minutes in the, the back row. But Olam has been devastating in the past, but was essentially exiled by Craig Bellamy uh, most recently in 2023. So makes you wonder what's going on there. When he did come back in the back end of the season, it was pretty awful. So if he's back to his mm. best, obviously the Tigers would be very happy. But there's always that little caveat about, you know, signing players in the Melbourne Storm, even when they're at their, the peak of their powers. And here we see Olam, who is seemingly fallen off a cliff, and I don't know what he's going to be able to produce for the Western Sydney joint venture. I Clint, personally who, think who benefits? Uh, I was just going to say who benefits. Take the words out of my mouth. I think I was about to answer the question before you'd um, before you'd stipulated it. Um, yeah, look, I personally think Melbourne's come out on top on this deal, and the reason for that is because um, not, not only, uh, as, as Forty has just cited, um, you know, whether Olam, was, uh, Olam returning uh, back to the Melbourne setup uh, or uh, back into the team far from his best, um, on top of that, um, he's never been noted as a brilliant defender. 
I think he's been a sound defender in a good system um, who's had his defensive lapses, which is only going to be put further under the microscope in the West Tigers system, where I, I, I can't remember. I think he plays left center generally, Olam. So that would put him... Yeah, because oh, he, he matched up against Will Penasini in the past, so left center, so, I believe. So he he would be on the edge with Isaiah Papali'i at present, and whichever of Aiden Caesar and Jaden Sullivan is playing on the left edge. Um, you know, Isaiah obviously was a fantastic player for us, but certainly had his defensive lapses or, mom- or, or momentary defensive lapses as well. It's been a known problem for the Tigers for quite some time. And it didn't, despite getting Isaiah and um, John Bateman, their edge defense didn't improve all that much last year either. Um, you know, I kind of look at it and go, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing um, the holes being plugged on that side. It feels like, it feels like a very much a recruitment for again, one side of the footy. And um, I do think he'll have, he'll add a little bit to them in attack. Sure. Um, particularly because I, I, I personally believe under Benji Marshall, they, they're going to go uh, adopt the mentality of, yeah, we, we might concede 30, but we'll, we'll, we're going to try and put 34 on you. Um, you know, so I think he can be a contributor in, in that regard. But yeah, you know, I, I, I think Bloor, who is younger, uh, what about five, six years younger than Justin, Justin Nolan, going into that Melbourne system, he just seems, you know, it, uh, you said uh, yourself, what he doesn't seem like it's that big of a signing, but it's exactly the type of signing that Craig Bellamy in the past has, has been able to extrapolate a little bit more out of. And, you know, I've, I think we'll see Sean Bloor develop into a regular first grader. And by virtue of being in that Melbourne system and a, um, and, and a successful competitive side, start to be probably spoken about in, in much more favorable light than he has been previously and probably probably get to a point where um, commentators are uh, through the Melbourne bias overrating him even. But, you know, I, I think Melbourne have come out on top in this deal. Yeah, and I always pay attention to a Bellamy signing that looks like it's been really targeted. Not like, Not that any signing isn't targeted, but you just feel like, as you said, Clint, that he's the sort of player that they like to get into their system, mm. and I we've seen splashes of him mm. in his career so far, but uh, not enough consistency. However, we know there's a bit of potential there. So yeah, watch this space. But it's beautiful to still have the Tigers featuring in our news segment, <laughs> and another. T- Another club that fe- continues to feature in our news segment, 40, the Dogs. And they're still in the player market, mate. Yeah, and they're constantly churning and burning and burning that midnight oil. And this time they're looking to poach a contracted rooster in Terrell May. So the uh, older brother, I believe, the oldest brother of the trio of May boys, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong about that, but he plays prop forward and has been a, a real powerhouse in reserve grade across the last couple of years and seen some playing time in the NRL on the back of that. And obviously the dogs who are looking to rebuild that forward pack that's been uh, somewhat disappointing. I think fairly disappointing is probably the right way of putting it. Um, yeah, they've identified him as one of the key men to rebuild their pack with. And the wonder kid coach, Cameron Seraldo, he's um, obviously doesn't mind getting a, a player that he knows a little bit about. Clint, what's... Is it an earth-shaking signature if they were to to get him? Is it 
indicative of their uh, processes there of just grab whoever they can and then work it out later? Um, look, it can be viewed through that lens. I think as well the fact that Terrell May has um, put out there in the world that you know he's openly going to a club that can have him and his uh, two other brothers there um, might be the, um, the, the, the undertone to this story. And um, you'd imagine that the, the dogs who don't mind buying a centre or seven um, uh, uh, obviously have their eyes on Isaac Tongo. He's, um, oh, sorry, not Isaac Tongo. Um, oh, forgive me, I've forgotten his name. Um, the Talon May. Yes. Confused the two. Yep. Um, and then um, obviously Tyrone, who's, who after winning the, oh, I think, no, I think he played in the 2020 loss grand final and went over to the Super League after that. It may have been in the 21 grand final. I can't remember. But, um, you know, it, it might be a case of uniting the brothers under one club. So, you know, I, I think there's a, a little bit of that um, undertone to this story. And, you know, um, does he improve their squad? Absolutely. Does he move the needle um, significantly? I don't think so. Not at this point, at least. Yep. Okay. Well, now just moving away from uh, the NRL player market to the NRLW, and there's obviously not quite as much news about NRLW player market, given that we're a significant period of time away from their season kickoff. But we've had uh, a bit of news coming out of the Sharks 40. Yeah, they've re-signed one of their marquee players. Emma Tonegato will be uh, a Cronulla Shark until the end of 2026 with her two-year extension there uh, in the Shire. Um, obviously one of their sort of key players and uh, a player that they've had a fair bit of versatility in terms of where they can deploy her. Um, she made her name as a fullback, but I believe she moved into the halves the most recent season uh, with the emergence of their young flyer at fullback, whose name eludes me. Uh, but obviously a very good signing. Uh, whenever you can ink a, a long-term extension for one of your marquee or core players, you get it done. And the Sharks, who looked like a pretty good outfit in uh, season 2023, are probably going to improve, you'd think, uh, on the back of solid recruitment and retention. And now, Clint, we can start to use that other R word ex- that uh, always goes with the recruitment, as as Forty just said there, retention. Retention was certainly a hard task to follow or to get done in the previous iterations of the NRLW with players continually being free agents and not being able to be signed to long-term deals. They can now be signed to long-term deals. Clubs can start to have their roster have a... I don't know if the word history is there, but there's certainly a bit of stability about them and uh, build a roster rather than having flashes of rosters from uh, year to year. So that's that's a new stage in the development of the NRLW, Clint? Yeah, absolutely, you know, and it, it allows um, the fans as well to to have players they can get behind. And, you know, um, obviously in the first couple of years and up until um, as recent as this season just passed, prior to the multi-year deals uh, being in place, you know, you, 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 you're always questioning, oh, is she returning to the team next year? We don't know. Whereas, you know, like now there's, um, there's, there's, I guess if you want to call them as such franchise players for each of the clubs. And Sandegato is an example of one for the Sharks, as, as is the likes of the, the Sherrington sisters uh, for the Eels. So, um, you know, it, it's good because it allows um, the fans to 
um, develop that connection with some of their players as they as they've done in the men's and and also allow the teams themselves to build their own identities. Fellas, I know it's not on our run sheet, and we'll talk about it in depth next week as a result. But the NRL has introduced significant changes to all kick-based restarts moving forwards for season 2024 and beyond. Um, essentially, any kickoff that goes out, whether it's line dropout, uh, kickoff restart, etc., 20 meter restart on those uh, optional restarts as rare as they may be, um, anything that goes out on the full now is no longer a penalty, and will instead be a play the ball for the uh, receiving team uh, should the infringement occur. So obviously a pretty significant change to the uh, meta game for rugby league, and it's driven what we think by uh, a need for, or not a need, but a, a desire for more con- uh, contests of the ball. So we'll have to wait and see how it is. And we'll talk about it in depth more next week when we have a bit more of a chance to prepare. Just getting that one in there for one of our shorter episodes. So I know we have to wrap up soon. Okay, fellas. Well, that just about brings us to the end of our podcast for this week. Once again, our thanks to Big Swing Golf North Mead for getting behind us and to make all of this possible. Get down there for, if you're a golf fanatic, but even if you're not a golf fanatic, if you enjoy participating in the brilliant range of simulated games they've got down there, whether you go down with your mates, with your work colleagues, with your family, organised as a party or just an after-work function, whatever, get down there, enjoy it. We've also got to thank Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Norellan and Parramatta. They've been with us almost since day dot. A huge thanks to them as well. John, Clint, you've done well again this week. My thanks to you. Thank you to all of our listeners who loyally tune in every week to our podcast. We appreciate that. Appreciate all the feedback that you give us. And as I always say, go you mighty eels.